Welcome to the Fasting Well podcast. In today's episode, I've got two different topics back to back, and both of these also exist as a video. So if you decide you want to see the video version, I'll put links below. So the first topic is seven daily habits to improve your blood sugar. So for anyone out there who has high blood sugar, higher than normal blood sugar, this would be a great topic to look at because if you apply even a few of the the habits that I'm going to share, it can probably help a lot. So people with prediabetes or type 2 diabetes and type 1, though that's a little bit different, um, but all those people out there with those types of issues, these habits can help a lot. So that topic also exists as a blog post as well. So I'll put a link to the blog post also. So it's a video and a blog post, and the blog post has a few short videos embedded in it to, to kind of reinforce some of the topics there. So if you decide you want to look at any of those other related resources, I'll put the links in the podcast description. Uh, the second half or so of this episode covers the topic three reasons why your goal of weight loss may be harming you. Um, So does that mean that weight loss is harmful? Not necessarily. Uh, It can be a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing, though. Um, And in this case, I'm explaining three reasons why if your main goal and your main focus is weight loss, then you may be doing harm to yourself unwittingly. Um, so that is also also exists as a video. If you'd rather see the video version, I'll put that link below as well. All right. So personally, I think these are some kind of cool and interesting topics. So hopefully you'll find them helpful. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. In this video, I'm going to share seven daily habits you can use to rapidly improve your blood sugar. And why would you want to improve your blood sugar? Well, because almost everybody has either pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes. (laughs) When I say almost everybody, it's estimated that about 88% of adults in the United States have what's called insulin resistance, which is basically synonymous with pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes. And of course, those lead to a bunch of terrible complications, including heart attacks, strokes, and death, but other unpleasant things as well, like amputations, neuropathy, kidney failure, blindness. So you don't want all that, right? (laughs) So that's why I'm going to talk about seven daily habits you can use to rapidly improve your blood sugar. And if you do all of these, you're probably going to rapidly improve your blood sugar. If you do even any of these, you'll probably see some noticeable improvement. So the first one I wanted to share is anytime you eat a sugary or starchy meal, like say pasta or something with bread or dessert or whatever, ideally after you're done, go on a 10-minute walk. So let's say every day you eat something kind of starchy for dinner. Well, get in the habit of going on a walk after dinner for about 10 10 minutes. It could be more than 10 minutes, but try to do at least 10 minutes of somewhat brisk walking. And the reason that is a good idea is because um, some studies have shown that if you do that, it reduces the rise in your blood sugar by about 50%. So it cuts it down in half. So your blood sugar is not going to rise nearly as much from that pasta as it would because as you walk, your muscles get activated and the muscles kind of suck up some of that glucose or sugar inside the muscles. So that's the first daily habit that you could use to help control blood sugar. The second one is time-restricted eating, also known as intermittent fasting. Now, you don't have to go crazy from day one, but even doing any amount of increased time without food is going to help control blood sugar. And it helps in two different ways. Number one, while you're not eating, 
your blood sugar kind of gradually comes back down to normal. And so does your insulin, which is always helpful. And then number two, when you're fasting, your body starts to heal some of those problems like fatty liver disease and the fatty deposits in the pancreas that cause you to have high blood sugar in the first place. So some of those things are healing in the background while you fast. So even if you can just do one hour, one hour of not eating in the morning or at night that you aren't already doing. So let's say you usually eat the whole day and now you shorten it by one hour. Even that will eventually have a noticeable improvement. But, you know, you could start with one hour and then go to like two hours of shortening your eating window and then eventually to three hours. And, and that could have a pretty big impact after a while. The third daily habit I wanted to share to help with blood sugar is eating low carb. Now, that doesn't mean you have to do it 100% of the time. Let's just say you take one meal of your day and you say, I'm going to have at least one low carb meal per day. Because what does that do? Well, it gives your body a break of several hours, several hours during the day where you don't have a bunch of sugar and starch coming in. So even if it's just that one meal, and what could you eat for that one low-carb meal each day? How about some meat, meat and vegetables, meat and green vegetables, or like an omelet, or a couple easy options that'll keep you full for a long time, but are low in carbohydrates, and so they're not going to raise your blood sugar as much, and they're going to give your liver a break, give your pancreas a break, and just kind of help you heal and not have high blood sugar as often. Habit number four is vinegar. So vinegar has been shown in various studies to have at least a modest improvement in blood sugar. If you take some before a meal or if you take some around bedtime or a couple of the things that have been looked at specifically, usually something like one or two tablespoons And of course, you'd want to dilute it in water so you don't get all the acid on your teeth or in your throat, which can be unpleasant or damaging. But if you take a couple tablespoons of vinegar at least once a day, it's going to have at least a modest improvement in your blood sugar, most likely. So that's another easy daily habit that you could start if you're trying to get a variety of different, you're trying to find a variety of different ways to improve your blood sugar. Habit number five is to replace or cut out, but you could just replace any of the sugary drinks that you're currently drinking. Because drinks are kind of the the biggest offender, the thing that's going to spike your blood sugar the most. They're the worst way to get sugar. (laughs) And kind of the easiest thing to cut out, at least for me, a long time ago, I, I just decided sugary drinks aren't worth it. They don't taste that good. I mean, I know they're very sweet, but I don't think they're as enjoyable as other types of sweets like desserts or whatever. And so for me, it was an easy decision. I don't want to get a bunch of sugar from a soda or juice. If I'm going to get a bunch of sugar, I'd rather get it from a donut, for example. (laughs) So I don't really ever drink anything sugary because it just doesn't make sense to me. But if you're still drinking something like juice or something like soda, cut it out. (laughs) Ideally. So we're talking about daily habits. I mean, the daily habit is replacing it with something else. So you can drink something else, like some unsweetened tea or even a diet soda instead of a soda. Not the healthiest thing in the world, but it's going to be better for your blood sugar versus drinking an actual soda. And if you're drinking something like juice, how about you don't drink the juice, just eat the fruit instead. And it's going to not spike your blood sugar nearly as much to eat the fruit versus drinking the juice. So easier said than done if you're kind of addicted to sugar, but see if you can cut down or eliminate or replace some of the sugary drinks, if any, that you're currently drinking. So habit number six to improve your blood sugar is get a good night's sleep. That might sound a little counterintuitive. Why am I talking about sleep if we're talking about fixing blood sugar? 
Well, here's the thing. If you don't get a good night's sleep, your blood sugar is going to be higher the next day. And that's for various reasons, but one of them is because your stress hormones are going to be higher as a result of your poor sleep. And stress hormones, in both the short-term and the long-term stress hormones like the adrenaline and the cortisol, they raise blood sugar. That's one of the things they do. And they do that because they're kind of getting you ready for fight and flight, right? <laughs> That's your what's called your sympathetic nervous system. So they're kind of getting you ready as if you were going to have to fight or run away. But of course, you're not. Um, but if you were, you might need that high blood sugar. But in reality, you don't need that high blood sugar. So any steps you can take to improve your sleep quality are also going to help you control your blood sugar. It's, it sounds kind of funny, but it's true. Habit number seven, or to the end of the list. So this is the seventh habit that I was going to share. Habit number seven is to do some type of strength training. That doesn't mean you have to go to the gym for two hours and do a bunch of power lifts and stuff. Even if you just spend five minutes per day doing some type of you know, resistance training, that could be as simple as a weightless squat, doing some weightless squats. In other words, you don't need any equipment. You don't need to go anywhere. Um, it could be push-ups. It could be pull-ups. It could be just anything that you're capable of doing, even if you just do it for five minutes. And here's why this matters. Not, not only will it help um, normalize your blood sugar while you're doing it, but any little bit of muscle and strength that you can build, if you can increase your muscle even a little bit, that's going to help a lot in improving your blood sugar down the road because muscle sucks up glucose. So muscle is kind of that warehouse where if you eat a starchy meal, one of the first places it goes is into your muscles. And once your muscles are full, then it goes into your fat. That's an oversimplification, but you get the idea. So if you don't have any muscles, <laughs> if your muscles are tiny, then it can't store very much of the sugar. And so most of it goes into your fat or stays in your bloodstream. But if you have muscles that are a little bit bigger, then it can take up more of the sugar and not as much of the sugar goes into your fat cells or stays in your bloodstream. So that's why any, even a little bit of resistance training, strength training, is going to help a lot with controlling or fixing blood sugar. Speaking of prediabetes and high blood sugar, I've got a video right here that talks about a bunch of symptoms related to prediabetes that you can prevent through fasting or other lifestyle changes. And I've got a playlist right here that talks about how to get started or a bunch of beginner tips related to intermittent fasting, which was one of my daily habits. So if you want to learn more about that, go ahead and check out this playlist right here. Thanks for watching. I'll see you in the next video. So a really, really, really common goal that people have is to lose weight. But is that a good idea? In this video, I'm going to share three reasons why stating that you're trying to lose weight is often not a good idea and may be causing you harm. That doesn't mean weight loss is always a bad thing. It just means if your main goal is to lose weight, you may be doing it in a way that's harmful to you. So the first reason why trying to lose weight, and again, that phrase is really important if your goal is to lose weight specifically, the first reason why that is potentially harmful and probably a bad idea is because you're often going to lose lean body mass when you try to lose weight. So what's lean body mass? It's everything except fat. And so the most obvious one that people talk about is muscle. And then another big one is bone, like bone density. And there's some other stuff in there, right? Different organs and connective tissue and, and whatnot in your body and water and, and lots of stuff besides just the fat. So there's all that lean body mass. And so depending on how you go about things, you may be losing lean body mass, including losing bone density. So, you know, you could end up having osteoporosis or whatever. 
Um, and of course, you could be losing strength by losing some of your muscle mass. And why would that happen? Well, basically, if you just cut your calories and, and kind of go about your business, you're going to be losing some fat, but also some lean body mass. That's just what happens. And that's especially true if you're not doing a decent amount of exercise, uh, especially exercise that can help you maintain your strength. For example, there was a 2017 study. Let's go ahead and put that up on the screen so you can see the title there. And the title is Effects of Weight Loss on Lean Mass, Strength, Bone, and Aerobic Capacity. And if we go down to the conclusion, and the first part of the conclusion there says that a modest weight loss of about 7%, like 7% of your body weight, um, induced by a 20% calorie restriction in these overweight men and women, will decrease lean mass and reduce their VO2 max like capacity. So that's like your exercise capacity. Um, so if you just try to lose weight, then you inevitably end up losing lean body mass. And that's not a good thing. So if you're just focused on weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, you're ignoring the fact that you might be getting weaker. And of course, you don't want to get weaker because what happens as you age, you tend to lose muscle anyway, and then you get frail and you fall down and you break your hip and then you die. I mean, that's that sounds uh, kind of um, heartless or whatever to just summarize it that way. But that is often kind of what ends up happening as people age because they get so deconditioned and whatnot. So even if you're like middle-aged or especially if you're kind of older, you definitely don't want to just focus on weight loss. So the second reason why it's not a good idea just to say, I want to lose weight, the second reason is your metabolism. And so you've probably, probably would figure this out on your own if you stop and think about it. But if you cut your calories day after day after day after day, which is the most common thing that people do when they're trying to lose weight, if you do that, then after a while, your body has to say, there's not enough energy coming in, so I got to slow down my metabolism. Um, so that's what happens after consistent calorie restriction, because what would happen if you didn't do that? You would starve to death. Even though you were still eating food, you would starve to death if you didn't slow down your metabolism after cutting calories, cutting calories, cutting calories. So if you keep cutting calories, eventually you slow down your metabolism. So if you take what is considered the most recommended or the most common approach to losing weight, which is cutting calories, you're going to slow down your metabolism. And then you'll probably feel sluggish and not have as much energy as you used to, and basically feel like crap. And after a while, you'll give up, and you'll rebound. <laughs> but in general, if, you kinda, if you're kind of if you a chronic dieter, if you're always going on diets, always cutting calories, you're going to slow down your metabolism, you're going to feel crappy, and it's going to be harder to get healthy in the long run. So that is the second reason why it's not a good idea just to say, I want to lose weight, and to focus on losing weight. So the third reason why weight loss specifically, having a goal of weight loss is not a good idea and may be harmful to you, is your mental health, has to do with your mental health. And that's because it's so, so common for people to say, I want to lose weight. And then what do they do? They start weighing themselves every morning. And then if the weight doesn't go down that day, they get really frustrated. They start to feel shameful. Oh, I'm such a bad person because I'm not able to lose weight today. Um, and have all these negative mental effects, when in reality, it's just kind of silly, because it's just kind of losing perspective, losing perspective on the big picture. Because first of all, it's really, really normal to have fluctuations in your weight all the time, day after day, hour after hour, it goes up, it goes down, it doesn't always go down, even if you're cutting calories, or even if you're exercising, or even if you're doing this or that, if you're doing a lot of 
healthy things like exercising and eating good food, your weight's not always going to go down. And so if you always expect it to go down, you're just going to get frustrated. You're going to feel anxious, like, oh, is it going to be lower today? And maybe even just very shameful, like a lot of people do, where they start to hate their body and things like that. Um, so mental health is another reason why saying you just want to lose weight. Why, in other words, if you're in your mind, I want to lose weight, if that's your main goal, may be counterproductive, may be harmful, and it's probably not a good way to approach things. So how should you approach things instead, instead of saying you want to lose weight? Well, hopefully that's kind of obvious, and that is that you want to get healthier and maybe reduce body fat, which is generally a good idea for most people. Um, but l- reducing body fat does not always mean losing weight. It often does not, because if you're getting a little bit stronger at the same time, if you're kind of maintaining your lean body mass or even increasing it a little bit, if you have some just regular fluctuations of your weight because of hormones or other issues, you may not be losing weight all the time, but you still could be getting healthier and you still could be reducing body fat. So you got to have other goals like I want to be able to you know, walk X amount of time. I want to be able to pick up my grandkids. I want these, this clothing to fit maybe if it's like a reasonable size clothing. Um, I want to have more energy. You know, I want my blood sugar to be under control. Much better goals than losing weight. So speaking of weight loss and some of the harmful effects that come from focusing your attention on weight loss, in this video I explained why it's a bad idea to count calories and what you should do instead. And since in that third point where I talked about shame, in my experience, it's, it's much more often the women who kind of fall into this trap of feeling shameful about not losing weight. Um, I've got a playlist right here that talks a lot about fasting for women and some of the misconceptions and pitfalls and so forth. And so check out that playlist right here. The Fasting Well podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to consult with your own medical providers.